If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. As always, my lovely co-host, Mr. John Small. Well, thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, and I'm, I'm really excited about our guest. I'm excited about our guest as well. So first of all, we just realized that we already know each other, even though our guest forgot, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all I'm, good. I'm very my, memory, my memory has come back, bro. <laughs> I'm very uh, yeah. forgettable, though. a great product. How could I ever forget the product? See? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we have some other ties that I'll, I'll talk about. Sure. In, uh, but uh, I'd like to introduce... Mr. Big Mike Stramiaitis. Hey, well, very good. Oh, you got it right. That's good. good. And you know how I know that I got it right? Because we have Baltic state roots. So you're Estonian, if I'm not mistaken. Father was Latvian, yeah. I'm Lithuanian. Oh, hey, there you go. Your neighbor. Exactly. (laughs) So I know how to pronounce that. It's, you know, all the Basco, the Marshallonis, Sabonis, all those guys are... Lithuanian Baltic guys. So oh, well, we're good. Well, I'm yeah. Russian. I don't know. I mean, not really. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you know, of, yeah, same of that descent. So we're all kind of Eastern European. So here we go. Yes, we are. Founder of Advanced Nutrients, huge uh, nutrient company. I think started in, in 1999, something yeah, like yeah, that. 1999, that's correct. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So, uh, years. But besides that, Mike has been on the forefront. There's not a lot of people who were out front talking about legalization and this amazing plant and mike really put himself out there to be able to be a voice for the people that really need it so i commend you for doing that and thank welcome you. to the show thank you for being here welcome mike. jonathan len glad to be on everything's personal thanks for having yeah. me you weren't born in estonia no Latvia. you were born, born in portland in- oregon <laughs> yeah. grew up in the midwest my parents escaped the russians went to germany you know the american occupation came and then they uh, they came to america yeah. And lo and behold, they had me in 1960. I was born in Lithuania, so my parents didn't escape, but they, they escaped. I immigrated when I was six years old, and I lived in Philadelphia most of my life, and then immigrated or traveled to uh, L.A. But we also have a uh, mutual friend, L.J., who uh, yes. works with you. So L.J. was doing some amazing work on the R&D stuff for you guys. And besides the work that you're doing with the nutrient side, you're, you've been doing a lot of work on R&D as well. I think that's one of the reasons. And wasn't somewhere in Eastern Europe where you had a license to be? Bulgaria. Well, there's only three licenses. I call it back in the dark ages. There was GW in the UK and Tikkun in Israel, then us in Bulgaria. And I had a team of scientists and uh, we got busy on the plant over the last 16 years. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because you look at the other nutrient fertilizer companies out there 
and they're jumping into this uh, market now, but they didn't have the research that you guys were doing on the actual plant. So there's no way they can actually, you know, step up and compete. It's not like growing tomatoes. Yeah, I see a lot of these companies using this ag formulas. And one of the thing about cannabis is it doesn't utilize a lot of phosphorus. And why is that important? Because phosphorus is where most of the heavy metals are held. And so you give a big phosphorus bomb to the plant, cannabis is an accumulator plant, they'll suck it right up with all the heavy metals and now the patients are smoking heavy metals. Hmm. So one thing uh, really I'm proud of with advanced nutrients is uh, if you smoke a one gram joint um, that was grown with our advanced nutrients, it has no more heavy metals than 50 drops of tap water. We just want to be listening to heavy metal. We don't want to be smoking heavy metal. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The last time I saw you at your house, Mm -hmm. you were a single man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you got married. uh, I am indeed. Look at that. I'm married to a beautiful Bulgarian woman. I've known her for 13 years now and uh, made it official. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. And and you moved from your uh, house to another Place. Yes, I yes I did. I moved right. from uh, from the mansion to another mansion. So they house, yes, this one has a different view. There I had a very like park like setting, which I liked. Here I don't have very much of a yard, but I have one hell of a view. What I found out is all the homes around here they're all compromised. Yeah, yeah the the view versus the yard. Right. So I have a, I'm really interested in a couple of things. So I was speaking at Canatech, not Canatech. What's the uh, uh, what's Canmed? Canmed. Yeah, that's it. Sure. You were Canmed. And I remember, well, I didn't really know you back then, but you, you're a big guy. What are you like? Six, 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 six seven, seven, six, seven. Yeah. But you had a guy with you that was your bodyguard that yeah. was bigger than you. And I was curious, and you were saying that you were getting threats or there was something that's going on. I, yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I, I have got a lot of threats. I've, uh, our company has been a target for hostile takeovers and uh, mm. a lot of weird stuff going on, but. Made it through the gauntlet and uh, still here. I can't imagine That's the crazy. size of your bodyguard. I mean, Big That's Mike. Al- big that Mike. Was Al- he was a big Russian guy. He must yeah. have been like, you're already six eight and a huge guy. Okay. That's, That's what cool. I was saying, man. Like, who would fuck who with would you? mess with Big Mike? People yeah. with like bad people with guns. Apparently, they oh, uh, scary. I used to get. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's this part goes with the territory, I guess. Uh, get death threats every once in a while. Is, is that because you're out and you're out in social media and you're making yourself known and people think that there's Money and all that stuff is—is is that the reason? Or? That's it. And also, you got to remember, there's still dealing with a lot of cash in in this business. Yeah. You know, we deal in cash, and so that is always a, a problematic. You know, there's people, uh, store owners have got kidnapped, held for ransom. A lot of stuff doesn't make it to the press that I'm sure you've heard. I've heard, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's crazy. So I think safe banking. Unfortunately, man. it's 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 part of the territory. Uh, this whole cash thing, man. I I think people banking. really really. Yeah, banking yeah, they problem. take it for granted. Yeah, it's crazy because like I used to have dispensaries and I I know the way sure. it works. Like people try to rob you and all the time. And Very then cool. even legal mm-hmm. transport, like people transport cash and they follow people. Like this banking thing has to happen because it really is a big threat on our entire industry. Even people who are doing it legitimately are still threatened. Yeah. Well, there's a safe banking act, right? Which is something that right. a lot of people talk about. I believe that this year they're gonna they're gonna tackle banking. Uh, yeah, and I believe also yeah. by 2022, probably 2023, cannabis will be federally legal. The Safe Banking Act, the MORS Act, they're talking about 5% yeah. uh, federal tax on cannabis already. They've already kind of so, got the number pegged. So do you think they're going to decriminalize? Do you think they're going to remove it off the schedule completely and just get rid of it? Well, you know, 
we got Biden as a president. And before he was like, he came out and said he was anti-marijuana. They said, no, no, you got to change that. So then he retracted that and he said he was going to legalize it. Now he thinks he's going to decriminalize it. I think he's going to find that they need the revenue source because we're about to go in the worst economic downturn I've seen since I've been alive. Yeah. They just printed $5.9 trillion worth of cash. Mm -hmm. And now they're talking about four to five billion dollars, four to five trillion dollars, sorry. to do uh, infrastructure uh, a program, which are, hey, we could use some new roads and bridges and, and high-speed uh, trains and all that stuff. That would be just absolutely wonderful. But now you're talking $10 trillion. I'm not an a- a- economist, but uh, I can figure some things out. $10 trillion worth of cash is, seems like it's very inflationary to me. And and 30 to 50% of all small to medium businesses are now gone. I saw a thing in Yahoo Finance. They said the entertainment industry, bars, and all this kind of restaurants, 2,500% are gone. That's not a half. That's half of a half of a half of a half of a half. Who knows? And the manufacturing sector is down by 532%. It's just staggering. They got it. I don't know how they're going to revive this economy. They're going to have to have this massive work program. That's going to be one way to stimulate it, but it's still going to take three to four years to, to pull out of this. Mm, right. So a lot of Thank people are still cannabis. Going, Yeah. Uh, you know what? Cannabis has been a godsend for so many people. Right now, I can't even keep up with manufacturing enough fertilizer for the demand of advanced nutrients. It's it's a great problem to have. However, it's still you know a problem. And we've got more equipment. We upgraded. We, we're working as fast as we possibly can. And every month just gets bigger and bigger and bigger with, with no reprieve. This is going to go on for another three to five years easily. One of the things about people don't realize is that the, the CB1 receptors become habituated to uh, in the brain to Delta 9. And what that means is you've got a lot of people who like cannabis now and they're not, we've got customers for life. The world is just, can, it's exploding, you know, with cannabis all over the place in many different ways, not just hemp, but just in the, in the THC side of the business. It's, I can't even keep up with it all. What's, what's yeah. going on? And then there's so many different minor cannabinoids and terpenes and combinations of oh, those yeah. and combinations of how they're going to match your body. So this is so much complexity. You do that. So that's yeah. one of the things you guys match yeah. genetics. So there's time. And I don't know when we first met, you had 200 snips you're talking about <laughs> uh, and able to tell now you had, what was the number? It was, it was uh, somewhere around 700,000. 700,000. Yeah. So I'm guessing you at some point very quickly, you'd be able to take your 23 and me, stick it into your program and it's going to tell you exactly the, the strains and types of I things. I think you can do that. You, you, do you can do that now. Yeah, that. 23 yeah. me ancestry. And I don't want to make this commercial for our business, but I appreciate you. No, 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 no. no. I can bring this this a great product that's needed in the marketplace. Thank I you, Mike. No, I appreciate it. So I, a couple this other episode things. is brought to you by Endo Canada. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Great product. So uh, now, thank you, Mike. And you, you as well. And we have other things in common. As a teen, were you in... In cannabis, were you a cultivator? Were you growing? Uh, well, yeah, weed? I started when I was growing when I was 23. 12 years old, I started. I had a brother came back from uh, Vietnam, yeah. turned my dad on to weed and put three joints in his drawer. My dad never touched them. Mm-hmm. I go, well, hey, you know, let me see what this is all about. I can remember 12 years old, one morning, taking some hits and getting on the bus with his biggest smile on my face. But 12 years old was my first cannabis experience. And then I started actually growing it when I was 23 years old. So that's uh, you know, 38 years I've been doing it. 
as a teen, I was consuming cannabis and then it led me to, uh, you know, selling weed here and there. And then uh, I used to be a music buyer for Tower Records. So oh. I had a beeper and then I would smell like weed and people would come in and they're like, you have weed? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know where I can get some? So I'm like, yeah, take this number. And I created this whole business and, uh, you know, sure. we started moving and moved more and more and more. Uh, were you ever in that kind of business? No, I really didn't get into, in, like, when I was young, I just wanted to find good weed and smoke it. Uh, and then when I was 23, I met, uh, I had a lawn care company called Turf Pro. It's kind of like Chemlon, True Green type of a deal back then. These guys kept teasing me. They kept saying, oh, this size of room, we could make like $100,000. This size room, we could do this. I'm going, okay, what is it? So I go, it sounds illegal. I go, it is, but you're not ready to hear it yet. I swear to God, they did this for six months. And then they take me down into their home, into the basement. They open up this door. Now, this is 1983. There's not a lot of growing books. There was High Times. There was Sensimilia Tips and a couple of books that were- The Emperor know, Wears No Clothes. Yeah, that was out there for sure. <laughs> you know, these lights hanging, these metal hal halide lights. They didn't really know what they were doing. And I, didn't, I, I knew plants. They said, there's this thing that we can do. We can get a replicate of the plant. It's called cloning. Can you figure out how to clone? So I, I went to the library, I read some stuff, I figured some stuff. There's a thing called the floating broth method. This is where you take a piece of styrofoam, we <laughs> put a hole in it, and then you, you float it in a liquid that's uh, heavy in, uh, you know, yep. uh, endobioteric uh, three acid. Sure enough, they rooted, they thought I was a genius, and uh, we were off to the races together. We did a 12 lighter, and then from there, we started, uh, you know, did some more kind of indoor things, very small. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of started scaling up and, and growing outdoors and indoors. And uh, then uh, I didn't like the nutrients that were being used. I always thought I, I was always adding stuff to it and, and, and looking at the plants. And I said, you know what? I think I can make a, a nutrient better. They go, you really think we, you can? I said, yeah, yeah. And uh, they were a little skeptical and I, I made some and uh, it worked. And then I just you know, kept improving it to the point where people said, well, you actually should start a company in selling this. I think Ed Rosenthal had a book too, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, Ed Rosenthal did. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I had the honor of like uh, speaking on a panel with him and I was just like, yeah. I can't believe it. And I got to smoke a joint with Ed and like a couple other people. I look, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening to me. You guys are passing the joint around. Well, Ed's a smart guy. He knows a lot about canvas. So Ed was there. He had, a, he, had a, he had a book out. So we had to really kind of figure a lot of stuff out on our own over the years. And one of the, the things I'm, I'm proud of is bringing what I call the perfect room was, was a sealed growing environment. People thought you couldn't do it. And I right. said, no, you could. And I, I brought that actually to when I was, went to British Columbia, Canada, I started yeah. it there and it migrated its way down into the States and uh, the sealed uh, rooms are uh, one of the 53 things that I brought to the, to the table for growers. Uh, they, had to, they were venting the smell outside. I said, well, there's got to right. be a better way. You don't, you don't want to get busted. What you guys are doing is amazing. In terms of different cultivars or in chemovars, mm -hmm. is there a different type of nutrient based on something that is supposed to be more indica dominant versus yeah, sativa dominant? There is. I from from research we know that different macro, secondary, micronutrient profiles will produce different kinds of cannabinoids. Will will alter the the profile of cannabinoids and, and terpenoids. And so eventually we'll be dialing in specific recipes for for strains, and wow. uh, that's where the IP will be coming in. And then you know we'll be selling genetics. Uh, we're getting into the genetic space. I was. I had a company called Laughing Moon Seed Company right. many, many years ago, and. I was actually making more money, you know, growing and smuggling than I was doing uh, the genetics and right. round back into the genetics game. 
is that part of the R&D that you're doing in, in terms of finding out what types of nutrients are strain specific? Absolutely. What we'll eventually end up doing is we'll sell people certain strains and, and here's the recipe that goes with it. Uh, if you're a licensed producer, and then we'll just license that technology to them. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That's the yeah. future. We, yeah. We definitely need to talk about that because we, we have some IP that on our end that could actually mm-hmm. match your IP and then we'll get personalized for everybody. Oh, see, we're watching. This is how this is how the deals are made. <laughs> how the deals are made over the yeah, air over podcasts. <laughs> right. yeah. We're just having a conversation. And, and the yep. story that you told me about the, the woman and the edible, I've repeated yep. that story probably at least 50, 60 times and in, in, in when I'm doing interviews and talking to people. Oh, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. I had I had another one that went oh. even further. Tell the so story for the, our, our listeners who haven't heard it. Okay. This woman is a reporter. Okay, she did an interview with me and then she disappeared. Like, I forget, you know, I did an interview, I forgot about it, whether it's published or not, it's fine. But like three months went by, at least. And all of a sudden, I get an email from her. And she's like, hey, Len, I'm so sorry you disappeared. But you were right, you forewarned me about this. And I had an episode. And I'm like, what kind of episode? She said a psychotic episode. Hmm. Hmm. I went back and like, I did her DNA test. So basically, what happened was perfect storm. So she was a poor metabolizer of THC through a digestive system. So she ate, uh, she had an edible, she needs cannabis for her medical condition. I, I don't remember what it is. So she, she really needs it on a daily basis. Then what happened was she has a predisposition to stress reactivity. So she was super stressed and she has another marker called AKT1 for psychosis. So the additional stress that she had created this layer of PTSD so she started not only freaking out about the situation, but also what happened, you know, five years ago and mm. so and so. And she triggered her psychosis markers. So she actually got institutionalized. She had to check herself in or got checked in for cannabis use, all because she didn't use the right dose, the right modality, and the wrong completely formulation of cannabinoids and terpenes. And she was so upset, not only because she had this experience, but because she was afraid she couldn't consume cannabis anymore. So she reached out and I had a conversation with her. I said, no, 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 no. It's high THC, concentrate, edible, terpene profile. All those things were incorrect for your profile. Uh, You have to be more balanced. And you, linalool and beta-carayol, these are your terpene profiles. It's not limonene. It's not the stuff that's going to boost dopamine. And then she came back and she's like, thank you so much. I'm able to be me again. And that was like the biggest compliment. It's not about us curing or saving. It's about giving you control of you being able to be yourself again. And then the story got published. So, And also, you know, people that get paranoid and, and all that, they, they can avoid all that by understanding. Yep. You avoid an adverse experience. You can have a much more optimal experience with your cannabis use. So curious about, you said you grew up in the Midwest, not yep. in uh, Portland. I'm sorry, Chicago, a small town called Batavia, Illinois, town of 12,000. I don't know what it is now. And I was a country kid and I worked on farms. I didn't live on a farm, but uh, yeah, that was it. And then you have have siblings too, right? I have a brother. My my older brother's passed away. Uh, I still have a sister who's alive in in Hawaii and my my brother. Got it. Who's down here in Malibu. Is he little, Mike? No, he's he's, he's John. He's he's about 6'2". Okay. So, little, yeah, he's little Mike because he's six yeah. two, John. Well, we used to, you know, my name is John Small. And we used to call my brother Extra Small. <laughs> my <Yeah>. younger brother. <laughs> you know who Dr. Ernest Small is? No, I don't know him. Dr. Ernest Small wrote a paper in 1974 
that said that if you're growing hemp, it shouldn't have more than three-tenths of 1% of, of THC. Hmm. And everybody kind of followed that rule, and that's how that, that three-tenths of 1% came. And then he came out and said, well, really? Davis was asking me, so I kind of gave him a random answer. He goes, the real answer is 1% because that's when the, when the body starts fe uh, feeling it. And lo and behold, it's now at, at 1%, right? The USDA says the threshold is 1%. I don't know where they come up with these numbers because no. they're completely arbitrary and they, they mean nothing. But I thought, so can you not sell CBD if there's more than three? I mean, in certain places. 0. 0.3. 0.3. And 0. 0.2 in yeah. Europe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I think they're going to be changing. The U.S. changed that to 1%, so it would be That's nice smart. to see. It just seems, yeah, like a cleaner yeah. number. So I have two more, like, whatever questions, because I'm curious, yeah. and then and I'll go into the other whatever questions. You want, yeah. uh, you all, we also have another mutual uh, friend or acquaintance on my side. I wouldn't call mm -hmm. uh, Danny Hollywood Holmes a friend, oh. but I would call him an acquaintance. So I've been seeing you are Danny, in, Danny at his girl. events yeah. at Danny's. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and you know he he grew, he grew some plants for the very first time, and I gave him a bunch of advanced nutrients, and uh, he, he was able to turn a crop. It's, it's funny because he asked me, he goes, "Can you come over to my house? Uh, I think the marina one, and can you? I want a wall when you walk in. They're just a cannabis wall that just grows in the ground." I'm like, first of all, I don't do that, and I'm not sure how, but I'm sure if you talk to your friends that you know, somebody can help you out with that. How many? Ferraris with your image do you own? Just one? Just just one. I traded it in and I'm waiting for a, a, a new one. I got a T8 on, on order. And because of COVID, I was supposed to get it now, but now they said probably realistically 2022 or 2023. I said, okay, whatever. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Like if anybody wants to be out in the open, you're driving a Ferrari that's got, you know, cannabis leaves yeah. and your image on it. That was great. It was great. Ferrari put it in there. There's like a like different things that people do with Ferraris and some page and they, someone took a picture of that and they, they posted it. It was a head turner for sure. For sure. Okay. So let me get yep. into the questions. You kind of answered yeah, the first sort of one, answered the first one. Yeah. yeah. But I'll ask you anyway, so we can get it on record because you right. sort of answered it, but please describe your first experience with cannabis. Oh, sure. Uh, I was when I was 12 years old and I, I saw these three joints sitting in my father's drawer that my older brother had given it, given to him. And they just sat there for months. I thought, you know what? I'd spelled people who had smoked it. I'd never experienced it. So I figured I'll give it a try. And uh, yeah, I put a big smile on my face. I was, I was a happier so kid. You really liked it. And that was Even it. the first yeah. time. But I didn't smoke it that often, though. When yeah. you're young and, and yeah, stuff, I might have been like once a month or, or so, you know, right. we do it. We're you know, trying alcohol, too. Didn't yeah, like yeah. that, but I like the weed. Uh, yeah. I, I like cannabis. So you, you had a good experience your first time. Very good, very, very good experience. John, John did not. John no, did not. well, not the first time. Not when I was no. 16 and Nathan's uh, hot dogs and in uh, West oh, Nathan's hot dogs are great. Yeah, exactly. I loved I loved the Nathan's hot dogs, and then I yeah. Luckily, actually, I I didn't have a good experience, and I freaked out because I had a little bit of a psychotic, you know, mm -hmm. freak out. But when you have the food, it was good to you know eat the hot dogs and the fried clams and stuff like that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so so that was it. And then from there, you know, just slowly graduate. Now I medicate every single evening before I go to bed. I use it for a couple of things. One to self-reflect back on my day and, and go deep inside myself and try to figure out how to be a better human being. And then the sleep, it just, that's the magic that puts me to sleep. So we're music guys, John and I, as you can okay. see, a bunch of uh, final, we talk about music okay. all the time. 
and John is a world-renowned DJ. In my uh, mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, you have a poster. Got, of, I, it is true. I'm a DJ finesse, yeah, from back in That's the day. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So is there a song, an album, or something that you that you connect to that is like your go-to? It can yeah, be sure. with cannabis or, or, or not or genre. Aerosmith, Sweet Emotion. Nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good one. That. Yeah. I love Sweet Motion. Yeah, I love Aerosmith. It's a trippy song. Yeah. It really is. Like it's got a lot it's of parts. Fun. Yeah, and, and people don't realize Stephen Tyler is like he went to serious music school. He knows music theory. Yeah. It's always it's, it always amazes me to see some of these rock and roll guys. People think, oh, they're just grabbed an instrument. They're just no. These guys are, are top of their game and and went to you know like Juilliard and. Oh, yeah. uh, I feel like the guys from the old school did. I feel like the newer guys don't. Well, it depends who it is. Yeah, it depends who it is because different different players like Joe Perry is a virtuoso. He does, he's very underrated as a guitar player. But if you listen to him play, because I, I went to see the Hollywood Vampires, which is uh, Joe Perry and uh, Johnny Depp and all these guys. Sure. Man, this guy can play. It's amazing. And I went to see there's another band in, in L.A. It used to be called Royal Machines. So it's anybody that comes around. Uh, like Dave Navarro plays with them, Matt Sorum, but uh, Steven Tyler came in and he played drums. He's an amazing <laughs> drummer, and he didn't even I sing. Think he, he started off as a drummer. drummer. Yeah, yeah. He's phenomenal. Tyler did. Really? He's a phenomenal that. musician. Really, really yeah, good. Okay. Next question: What has cannabis meant in your life? Freedom. It allowed me to be part of the world and not of the world for a long part of my life until I I had to come out of the darkness and into the light and. Uh, be like everybody else yeah sort of sort of yeah. <laughs> your own version of everybody else yeah and once again like i i just want to say that especially when you started coming out and i know you have a social media following all that stuff but it wasn't the easiest thing to come out and say cannabis you know it's it's and it's very difficult and everybody caught, it's a stigma i caught so much flack even the nutrients when i came out i said this is for cannabis and the major distributors wouldn't carry our brand. So I had to open up my own distribution network, my own warehousing. And they put out opinion letters saying that if you use advanced nutrients, the DEA is going to come in and, and arrest you and you're going to do federal time. They Just for a decade, they tried to just basically push me under the rug and, and ignore me. And we ended up being the number one brand. It's amazing. Yeah. But you, you did have some interactions with the DEA, right? Something... Uh, yeah, I did. There's, of course, when you're, you're a grower out of Illinois, they, 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 I had the marshals and the DEA chasing me down. <laughs> I went to uh, Temecula uh, and I grew, I turned one crop real, like one small crop and then uh, two crops. And I took that, that money and I went to British Columbia, Canada and uh, started, you know, growing cannabis there. And I had a nursery, they call it nurseries now, but I was selling yeah. clones. And uh, that's how I, I made my money and then was able, my goal when I went to Canada was to have a hundred lights. That was it. Yeah. When I got to a hundred lights, I was like, wow, okay, let's, let's do more of this. And so I ended up with 1,496 wow. uh, lights going at one time for uh, not all one place in multiple places, obviously. Then I had about another 60 lights for uh, mothers and cuttings and, and, and all that kind of stuff. The biggest one I had at the, was 500 lights at, uh, and eventually went up in smoke, literally the generators, hmm. all place on fire. Wow. It's a whole well, lot. You, you probably were my distributor when I was selling my kind BC bud in Philadelphia because yeah. that was the best. So yeah, yeah. That, was, 
There was for a while, yeah, for a while, BC Bud had a really great reputation, and we flooded the U.S. market with that. Yeah. And for every pound that I purchased, I grew as much as I could, obviously myself. But then, right. you know, you buy and move it across the border and yes. make some money. <laughs> and uh, we would uh, look at eight pounds uh, for every one pound that we took. Well, it was on that triple A Bud. That's what we went for. It was an interesting time back then, but I'm glad we're out of that age and we're moving into yeah. the legal yeah. markets. It uh, makes a lot more sense. All right, yeah. so I have one more bonus question for you. Sure. Please describe what your room looked like growing up. Oh, boy, what age? Uh, Whatever you want. When you were 12. Me and my brother were really young. I'd shove all the, the junk underneath the bed to hide it off from the parents. <laughs> and uh, I had a little gerbil as a, you know, as a pet. And... Uh, yeah, other than that, it was uh, you know we had, my brother and I had bunk beds, and uh, then from then from uh, did you have any posters in the wall or anything like that or art or no no I, I, my dad wouldn't like let us do all that right. kind of stuff. He was pretty strict. There, there was a memory when I was really young growing up. Like, where can people find out more about you, advanced nutrients, and just sure. yourself? Yeah, you can go to advancednutrients.com if you're a grower and you, you want the the best cannabis nutrients that have been you know tested up and only. So all I care about is, is growing cannabis, and and yeah. that's all the, the the field trials or anything we did was on cannabis, uh, or, or you could go to uh, you know at Big Mike on, on Instagram, and then you kind of enter my world, and you'll see all the different things we're doing, uh, different companies. We've got uh, you know Big Mike's blends now. We we had it out in the marketplace. We pulled it back. We're doing a relaunch. I changed the packaging. Uh, right. we're, we're doing high terpene extracts now. You know that's that, that's the thing. Bring out some concentrates as well. They're uh, outcome driven rather than strain driven, but we will have we will be selling single strains under the advanced lab banner, and I'm looking really forward to the the rebranding and, and going back out into the marketplace with that. And then of course there's a advanced hemp where we now have fertilizer for the the hemp farmers that are out there as well as uh, seeds. That's amazing. We well, should I mention that his uh, Instagram has 2.5 million followers. Pretty yeah. impressive. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Really, now, really. TikTok's the big thing. So now I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> I got to tell you, Josh at Raw, if you ever watch his TikTok, yeah. he, he has pretzels he works with, right? <laughs> and and he's wearing all his raw gear and he's got these, but he's holding up pretzels. And so TikTok won't let you talk about cannabis or marijuana and stuff. So now we're, we're, we're got the whole team together to figure out how we can do yeah, a, a version and uh, not use pretzels, but uh, get the, get the message across. Is that the right demog demographic? Is my my daughter who's sixteen? All her friends they use TikTok. I never thought about it as, as a platform. Uh, it's it's Z, well, it's Z, Z Gen. It's all the way from uh, like I said, sixteen all the way to twenty four. Wow! So you, there okay. is a, a part that's that's legal there, and so uh, yeah. Got it. And look, well, here's look. I was twelve years old, and I went and, and I stole a joint from my dad. No, I feel Here, like here's it. the facts. The kids <laughs> are going to use it. You might as well educate them, and uh, you know, so they do it safely. Yeah, John and I have this conversation all the time because we both have teenage kids and we're always talking about what do we do with our kids? Yeah. How do we, and I, I completely concur with you. Yeah. That's what I do with my daughter. My daughter did that. My daughter walked over and goes, dad, I want to smoke. And I, I said, well, you know, your brain grows to the age of 22 years old and I don't think you should drink any alcohol, smoke any cigarettes, weed, none, none of that. Right. She goes, Dan, I've already done it. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, all, right. <laughs> all right. Now let's, so let's start. She's admitting we'll do CBD and I, we spoke some CBD together and did all that. And then she goes, no, no, no. Then one day she goes, I want to try some, some THC. Yeah. So I talked to mom and said, is it okay? You sure? 
And they said, yes, okay. So we you know, did it. And then but now she doesn't smoke. She says, okay, I've done it. No big right. deal. It's not, it's not yeah. for me. But it's Same kind of like hidden from the kids. It takes the mystery. I want to do it more. Yeah. And there's a statistic that countries have that open policies towards cannabis like Netherlands did. The kids yeah. actually use less of it. A hundred percent agreed. It's everything. Alcohol is the same way. Like I grew up, my parents are from the old Soviet Union kind of. And so we grew up with vodka, do a shot and that's it. Yeah. Alcohol was never my thing. I don't like it. And like I do a shot once in a while with my dad, but that's about it. It's not my thing. And same thing with my daughter, like pour a glass of wine at dinner as a teenager and she's okay with it. She doesn't even like, like it that much. Same thing with cannabis. And in the Baltics, they used hemp. Oh, and, yeah. and they made hemp butter. My dad goes, I can't get any hemp butter here in America. I don't know why. This is crazy. Yep. And so they were very, very familiar with it. And uh, when I was in Bulgaria a lot, talking to people, the older generation, 70s and 80s go, oh, cannabis? Yeah, we know it. We had, they grew two kinds, one for like fiber and the other one for uh, for, for, medica- for medicating. They yeah. knew all about it. Have you, have you ever gone back to oh. like uh, the Baltics? Yes, I have. I've been I've been back to both uh, Estonia, you know, in, in Tallinn. Yeah. I have relatives that live there, and I've been back to Riga, Latvia, where my yeah. my father was born, and kind of looked around and saw what it was like. Went to the Art Deco section. Beautiful, beautiful. Really beautiful. Uh, Estonia is a little bit more ahead than than Latvia, uh, yeah. so I had to choose between which passport I wanted. Hmm. And so I'm an EU citizen, and I went with uh, Estonia. Only 1.2 million people, but uh, you got an EU passport and. Uh, now I'm, I'm putting a warehouse up there as, as That's well. That's awesome. I, I have a Lithuanian passport. So I was yeah. I was in Tallinn uh, 17 years ago. I was in Tallinn and I went to Lithuania, Vilnius, yeah. when I was born. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to Lithuania. I want to go. It's great. It's yeah. great. I mean, it's, it's How does got- it compared to like uh, Tallinn? Well, so the old section of uh, Vilnius is yeah. very, very similar. Very, very old, traditional, beautiful. Yeah. And then they have the Soviet section, which is the old, like gray yeah. looking houses. And that's not the prettiest thing with like- No, it's not. Yeah. Kids running up to you, asking you for money and all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. The old city is beautiful. It's great. Yeah. Mike, I can't wait to uh, connect with you again. I'd love to, you know, do your uh, DNA test if you want. And we'll- oh, 100%. I, I, like you've come, what was it two years ago? Maybe a year, yeah. couple years ago. Where, where two years. At? Three. Wow. What, what a distance that, that you've come. And I tell people about this program. I, I tell them what the future is going to be like. You're going to take your 23andMe and you're going to stick it in and yep. it's going to spit out all this, this kind of information for different kinds of outcome that you're looking for. Whether well, it's we'll, you want to best sleep or you want to, you know. Just the next creative. version will be the Big Mike's version of our DNA test. You'll have your own. I would love to do that. I'm, no. I'm, dead, I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm gonna, I have my 23andMe. I also have uh, New Amsterdam genomics as well. Yep. I did. Yeah. yeah, we can do all that stuff. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yep. Mike, thank you so thank much you, for your time. Mike. I know you're a busy right, guy. Man. Really, really appreciate you joining us. And it's great. Hey, uh, thank you. Time, you want to have me back on the show. I'd love to do the show. Great. Great to see you again, Mike. Thank you. Jonathan, thank you. Well, all right. Great. Mike loves you. Mike was super when I when he figured out who you were, I think he had no idea what he was going into. He's like, What did my what did my team get me into here? And he's like, Oh, I like that guy. When you talk about big Mike, like people have opinions. Yeah, I don't and get that. 
Nope, people don't well, because he's big. Well, every well, yeah, jealousy, right? But it's both. It's it's he's big, and he also, if you go to his Instagram, it's Mike in a private jet. It's mm-hmm. Mike, uh, right. you know, with celebrities. It's Mike yeah, with the uh, the governor and all that stuff. And and there's a lot of jealousy in this industry. I mean, it, it's not an easy thing, and this is what people forget. I mean, it's a very very difficult business, and he figures something out. And uh, yes, he was a cultivator. Yes, he did all the gray and you know stuff that we all kind of did in the industry. But then he he built that for himself and created you know a hundred million dollar company, which uh, you know people want to knock you down. So I don't I don't really see it because I think uh, you know he's a good guy trying to do things for the right reasons. And, and he's very you know we didn't successful. talk about it, but he does a lot of charity work. He yeah. does give a lot back. He's got this thing um, heroes for humanity and. Yeah, yeah, he gives a lot back. And yes, it's true. I, I guess his Instagram, although I'm looking at it now, it's not as bad as other people in the industry. There's that one guy in the industry who will remain nameless. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, was, I almost there, said his name. He almost said his name. <laughs> DB. <laughs> you know, he's always got pictures of him with girls in bikinis. Yeah, but Mike got married. Don't forget. Yeah, Mike, Mike got married. Got married. So he chilled a bit. Things are different. Exactly. Things are different. I'm super stoked to go over uh, this list. So do you want to set up what we did? So Len yeah, and I will so, sometimes trade emails or text messages in the middle of the night and say, hey, we should talk about this. So Len found a list. It was from Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone, yeah. So Rolling Stone did 100 best movies of the 90s. I yeah. And that's what the title was. Good right? good decade, the 90s. I love the 90s. By the way, what shirt are you wearing today? Today I'm wearing, um, it says, Drop Beats, Not Bombs. I like nice. I like the the message, although it's very hard to see it in this, in this uh, resolution. But anyway... Yeah, it's just a, a plane that's dropping dropping beats because we don't want to drop bombs. No, you know we just we like beats, beats and, and you and I love to drop a good beat. So right, um, that's, that's what. Sure. And you're wearing a Nirvana, I see. I'm wearing a Nirvana because it's '90s, and I was trying to figure out what is oh, the band that, that sort of smart. represents the '90s. So I got Nirvana, but but the back of it, I don't know if you can see. I'm going to try to turn around. If you can read it, um, can you read what it says? Flowers sniffing, kitty petting, baby kissing. Corporate rock whores. What is that? That's what they felt about the t-shirts. Oh. So they said we'll release the t-shirts with Nirvana. Yeah, but, but we have I to want everybody to know that we're corporate whores. So I thought it was like a cool Nirvana. Show. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's very cool. I love the nineties and I love the movies in the nineties. I was trying to figure out a way how to do this. And whether I agree with the list or not. I mean, and I disagree with it. Yeah. I disagree with it. So this is what I kind of oh, did. Disagreed, okay. Yeah, yeah, with a lot. But what I did was, I did them in order of year. So I put together from 1990, or from 99 to 1990, and which are my favorite movies of every year, and some that have ties. And I did honorable mention. So that's the way I did it. I, I know just, I didn't talk to you about it. Yeah, you totally we, blindsided me here. So now <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got a list of looking at the list. I picked up the ones that I was like, oh, yeah, that's like one of my favorite movies of, well, of well, the 90s and maybe of all time. But that's so fine how, because some of them, I, I there do... was actually one missing. There was a few that weren't even on the list, which yeah, surprised me. I agree. So how about we do it this way? How about I start and I do my top 10 from yeah. 10 all the way down. You say if you agree or disagree yeah. and then you know, maybe add a movie. Maybe I'll add a movie if, I, if you missed one. But yeah. For, for that, you know, for that. But uh, some of their year. picks were like the worst. You know, it's a hard list to do because- when you're doing best movies, I find, and I think this is the the problem they have sometimes with the Oscars, is like even though comedies sometimes are considered like you consider them your favorite movies, it's so hard to stack up a comedy next to 
some of these like really like Schindler's list, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it makes you almost feel guilty <laughs> right to be like, I kind of like dumb and dumber more than, you know, so uh, I'm not going to say Schindler's list, exactly, but you know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's just a different, so it is hard to kind of, and then documentaries are so different than, but anyway, let's just do the best we can do with that caveat. Yeah. Perfect segue. I avoided documentaries on this list. Yeah. So I just did, you know, whatever. Uh, Although Hoop Dreams was really good. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't make my top 10. No, no. But I either. love Hoop Dreams. I love it. Okay. So I started with 1999 okay. and uh, counted down. So in 1999, I have a tie. Mm. So I have the Fight Club and oh. the Matrix. Wow. To me, that's so not the- close. But yeah. I do love the Fight Club, but I got to tell you, The Matrix is really one of my favorite movies ever made. I've seen it. Probably one of my favorite too. That's yeah. the Wachowski brothers or sister. I, well, well, they were brothers then. Yeah, The Matrix is one of my favorite movies of all time too. But I love. You don't like the Fight Club? Oh, I, I love, love the Fight Club, and it was de- it would definitely be on my top fifteen. In fact, you're just reminding me. I got to show my son the Fight Club. One of the great twists of all time. Right. You are too fucking old, fatty. And you. You're too fucking blonde! Get out of here! You know, The Matrix, though, is like a seminal movie for me. I mean, it was like a life changer for me. And I've, me and my son share it in a, you know, we love it. I can almost, I've seen that movie so many times, I almost have it memorized. Uh, It was a big movie. We rewatched it during uh, uh, COVID because. Everybody was saying, maybe this is fame. Maybe we're living in the Matrix. So, like, I, mean, I, I always think it. it. I always think about the Matrix when weird shit happens in the world. I'm like, maybe the Matrix wasn't so far I'm off. Glitch in the Matrix. No, I, I believe that too. But yeah, yeah so those are my two uh, ties. And uh, for you, it's not close. For me, I, I couldn't come up with wow. One. Just because well, you love the Fight Club. What do you love so much it, about the Fight Club? I mean, aside from the well, fight what you just right. said. First of all, the twist. Second yeah. of all, the fighting. Brad Pitt was just amazing in this movie i i just love yeah. and then uh you know and and it's so quoted like it's it's in our lexicon daily you know you know talk about the fight club all that stuff and then making soap and meatloaf come on you got meatloaf <laughs> no, in a movie i mean it's an incredible movie it's it's a one of the greats it's the greatest moment of your life man and you're off somewhere missing shut up our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers bailed, what does that tell you about God? Listen to me. To consider the possibility that God does not like you. Yeah, it's so hard. That's a hard one. I definitely in my top fifteen for sure. Okay. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go number nine, which is nineteen ninety eight. All right. So this is based on what you were just saying before about comedies, and so these movies I like. These are my movies, not necessarily a. Th- you know, some sort of big cinematic thing. It's just what I like. So in that year, out of all those movies, something about Mary was yeah, my. It's on my list. I, I picked. Yeah. Something about Mary. You know, it's that movie. It was really at the time was kind of almost revolutionary. Like it was like laughing so. It was so inappropriate. I laughed so loud. I remember going to a screening of that movie in New York, and I and that scene with the you know where is it where is it. The hair gel, the hair gel scene <laughs> is one of the great movie scenes of all time. Like, it's just exactly. hilarious. It's just incredible. And like, and, and I think the Farley's the, and, um, and Cameron Diaz, like everybody was so good in that movie. And right. Brett Fa- Favre, Favre is even in it. I mean, it's just, it really, it works. Yeah. I guess they did uh, Dumb and Dumber. They did Kingpin. They did yeah. Me, Myself and yeah. Irene. That has uh, Frank and Beans in it, which I quoted like a hundred million times when he the zipper scene. Oh yeah. I mean, oh the, the opening scene is just incredible. It's a laugh out loud like to your hurting type of movie. Yeah. 
Is it the Frank or the beans? Right. Uh, I, I don't know. It looks like I think it's a little bit of both. Frank's and beans! Shh, shh. What's that bubble there? What do you think? It's a... Well, how the hell did you get the beans above the frag? I mean, I don't know. It wasn't like it was a well-thought-out plan. I think at the time, pretty fresh, and people weren't making that kind of comedy that was so overtly just, like, out there. Now it's been, I don't know, the Internet's come around, and not that it's ever as good but it the holds first time. Up. It totally holds up. I saw it, it recently. Now, yeah. yeah. Me too. I, I watch these movies up. now with my kid. He likes those. Although it's funny, you know, humor is different now. He likes that movie, but he prefers comedies that were made, like, in the last 10 years. There's just something oh, different about the comedy. Yeah. All right. So 1997, I do have a tie. Mm. And now, and I thought about it after a while. I'm like, which one do I really love more? But I'll, I'll give you my movies and I'll tell you the reasons why behind that. So I have Boogie Nights and Jackie Brown. Wow. Well, that's tough. <laughs> I, I mean, Boogie Nights is on my list as one of my favorite top 10 of the 90s. Yeah. I love Boogie Nights. I just think that movie is incredible and... Not to name drop, but I actually had the director over from, to my house for dinner once. Um, that was pretty incredible, and I was—I've never been more intimidated because to me That's that movie is such Robert a work of Altman? art. Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, it was one of those things where like he came over with his kids and his wife, and and I—I I don't usually get like a little bit tongue tied, but I was definitely a little tongue tied around him because I just <laughs> love his movies so much. And Boogie Nights is like the best movie ever made. Jackie Brown also, I mean, if you're going to put Quentin Tarantino, it's tough because he's got a lot of movies that are on my list. Well, yeah, he's him and Scorsese are are your ones. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. And I can't leave a Tarantino movie out. And I just Jackie Brown was I thought that people didn't give it the credit. I I rewatched it a couple more times. It's a fantastic movie. It's a great movie. And what a great score. Oh, my God. What a great soundtrack. Yeah, he picked yeah. Well, the greatest songs. Yeah, he really knew. He he surfaced a lot of songs in that movie that I didn't even know, and I'm pretty, as you know, well uh, versed in urban music. But he picked some yes. classics, which now are now like my favorite, like Strawberry Letter, and there were some kind of more obscure songs that he pulled out that I loved. Stylistics, he did. Uh, yeah, in a, a couple other ones so for sure. But uh, yeah, so that's, Jackie that's, Brown's not one of yours. That, well, I was one. looking at, I didn't want to put too many Tarantinos. I've got Pulp Fiction on the list of my top 10 of the 90s. And you're right. I didn't want to do too many uh, Tarantino, but I can't help it because it's too hard. Like, yeah. All right. So 96, I have a tie. I have Swingers mm-hmm. and Train Spotting. Oh, my God. I think, well, if I had to choose one, I would say Train Spotting. Um, Swingers is, is a sem- I mean, Swingers is one of these. By the way, they closed down the place that movie was filmed, the Cafe 101. Yeah. Yep. Um, that yep. was a victim yep. of COVID. I, I just train spotting. I'll never forget the scene with the baby dying. And what I about know. what about where he uh, has the sheets in the morning that he uh, wakes up and goes to the family and they're having breakfast and he has the sheets and he moves and he uh, he had a he had an accident, let's say during yeah. during nighttime and he floods them with his accident. Oh. That movie was intense. Also movie great, was great score, score, great soundtrack. Well, the reason why Swingers, so I'll tell you, first of all, it's John Favre's debut. And then I thought it made such a cultural impact yeah. with swing dancing, with uh, you know all those uh, Squirrel Nut Zipper mm-hmm. bands and all, all those kind of bands. And I quote that movie so many times, uh, you know. It's a great uh, guy Mikey. movie. Guys love swingers. They're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah! 
Vegas, baby, Vegas! Yeah, and it really did capture that time really well. I don't know if you could really make a movie like that anymore. Those kind of characters are like from a different time. And that made me want to move to L.A. <laughs> For sure. It's yeah. like a quintessential, like a quintessential LA, L.A. movie. movie. Yeah. And I wanted to smack him the entire movie. I'm like, come on, man. Snap out of it. But it, yeah. was, it was great. But I agree. Train spotting is just I mean, so memorable. Is... Again, it's hard to put them on the same because they're such different types of movies. But right. train spotting like really like gets you an emotional reaction out of you. Like you're like, oh, my God, hard to watch it. Yeah. yeah, and you're right about the baby. And it, it gave the best visual of like withdrawal from opioids. Mm -hmm. Like this is, I've never seen it done better than a baby crawling on, on the ceiling. I yeah. Mean, come on. Yeah, That's that me. was crazy. Okay. So I'm up in 1995 or down 95, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, 95, I have another tie. I'm, I know I'm, I should be picking just one, but I can't decide. You can't do it. Uh, the Usual Suspects and Casino. Oh, that's so hard. Talk about a great twist. The Usual Suspects. I love Casino. I'm I'm such a Scorsese like fan that that movie. Oh my God, that scene in the in the desert when they're digging the graves. Oh, it's the best. And, and I mean, come on, I, you have De Niro and Pesci again. So once they pull that shit, I started doing my own things in Vegas. Nobody ever thought of doing. To keep an eye on things, I brought in my kid brother Dominic and some desperados from back home and started knocking over high rollers, casino bosses, bookmakers, anybody right here in town. I had a good fucking crew going for me, I'll yeah, tell you that. You casino I've, the, I've watched many times. Like, Oh I, yeah, I own yeah. Casino. It was one of the movies I own. But Usual Suspects, speaking about twist, like when he breaks the cup and he's walking, mm -hmm. I mean... It smacks you in the face. There's very few movies that have that kind of twist. Yeah, but I I skipped them. I skipped one because uh, I think I had a Usual Suspects with honorable mention. I I messed up. So I have Casino, honorable mention Usual Suspects for that year. But Casino and Friday were my tie. Oh, Friday is a good one. <laughs> I you know I I actually hadn't seen Friday for you know whatever twenty five years, and I just watched it two weeks ago with my son. It's very funny. And it's, I watched with my daughter. It held up. She it loved it. Up. And my I watched it, when, it too. when Debo passed away. Yep. Uh, Debo just passed away very recently, yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I showed my son and we were sad. We were like, Debo, oh my God. Yeah. What a great movie. Yeah. That was, I mean, Ice Cube wrote that movie. That's crazy. Yeah, and Ice Chris Cube. Tucker, like. He co-wrote it with DJ Pooh. Yeah, with DJ Pooh, who's in it, who gets beaten up by <laughs> Debo. Yeah, Pooh makes a little appearance. That was That's when true. the West I, Coast was killing it. So I have uh, number five, which is 1994. I have another tie. I have Pulp Fiction and Natural Born Killers. Oh, they're like kind of the same thing in some ways. I mean, they're very different, but they're very Oliver violent, Stone. very visceral. Oliver Stone, who I had the pleasure of kind of hanging out with once, yeah. um, he is a character. Natural Born Killers is one Dude, of Dude, Rodney Dangerfield. I know. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. Christian I mean, he, Slater. But yeah, I, it's uh, that's an incredible movie. Um, so I, Woody, it's Woody, it's Woody Harrelson and Juliet Lewis. Oh, Woody Harrelson, not Christian yeah, Slater. I'm thinking about. Yeah. I'm thinking about modern romance. Modern. Yeah. Uh, true. True romance. True romance. Um, Natural Born Killers is incredible. That's a tough one. I have to say that I've seen uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction. You know, a thousand times. Me and, too. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Of by all the way, time. And I just watched yeah. it last week with Sasha, my daughter, and she loved it. 
Yeah, so, my son loves it too. It's a, it's an incre- it's one of those movies that kids love. My kid like loves Tarantino movies in general. So yeah, Tarantino it speaks across. I think he's a, a filmmaker that's going to be remembered for many generations. Oh he's yeah, just we like just a- watched last week. We watched Kill Bill one and two. Right, which were, she like loved. I think she said she and has she seen better. the Hollywood one? I mean the the the, the one with. I mean like yeah, she didn't like it. it. She didn't that's like fine. it. Huh? She didn't like it. She didn't like it. She thought it was boring. Well, you uh, know we saw it. Back in pre-COVID days, Quentin Tarantino has a movie theater that he owns that's like yep. a quarter mile from my house. And to see a movie in his movie theater, it's a, it's a great old-fashioned movie theater that they play the trailers from the time that the movie came out. like, And they play and they give you cool food and great craft beer. Anyway, it's just a great experience. So yeah. maybe that tainted our our view because my son was drinking the beer too. So. It, was, it, was, it was a good <laughs> movie. It really was. But I can see where it's a lot of dialogue. It's cerebral. Yeah. It's not as much it's, I, gore. Yeah. To me, it's, blood. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as, I love yeah, it. it didn't move as fast as Pulp Fiction does. Yeah. I, by the way, Tarantino is Mount Rushmore to me. So there is, he can't make anything bad. But if right. you compare Hateful Eight to Pulp Fiction, uh, you know, I like Hateful Eight. Yeah, it's no, Pulp Fiction is the, the sim. That's his best. I think it's his best. But I do love the one where they kill the Nazis. But that's a whole other. That's just a personal. Oh, Inglorious Bastards. I love. I've seen that movie. By the way, that movie has maybe the best opening scene of a movie. Oh, we talk about so it. intense. Oh my god! Wow. Well, we can have an episode of all all Tarantino movies in detail. We could we could do a thing of best opening movies. I was thinking about doing best openings of songs or. But yeah. uh, best openings of movies are too. Like <clears throat> certain opening scenes, it's hard to, it's a visual thing, so it's a little hard for a podcast, but. All, all right, right, I'm in 1993. So 1993, I have a clear winner for me, but then I have an honorable mention. I And this is where you, you were just talking about this when you were previewing it. Mm-hmm. And I felt really bad about putting this second movie up against this movie just because of the reason you mentioned. So 1993, I have Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. And my honorable mention was Days and Confused. I was going to make it a tie, but I was like, there's no way I can mention Days and Confused. I know. How can you? I mean, the thing about Schindler's List is I haven't seen it that many times because it took me so long to even go and see it. Were you the same way where it was like, I knew I had to see it and I was excited to see it, but I was really dreading it because I knew. So I I saw it. Here's the reason why I also saw it, because my grandmother was interviewed by the show foundation as part of that Schindler's List. I don't know if you know about this thing. When they released the movie, he also made a thing where he gave money to the show foundation. So as mm. part of Schindler's List, they have interviews with survivors, mm-hmm. uh, Holocaust survivors. And we didn't know this. Somebody came and said, ah, from the movie, they interviewed my grandmother. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew anything about it. And I went to the uh, Museum of Tolerance here in L.A. And it's by USC has this uh, room inside. And I went and I searched my grandmother. And I found her interview, three-hour interview. Wow. And I got the DVD for my entire family. That is so cool. So, so everybody now has my grandmother, who was, was a survivor, and listens to her stories before she passed. So, no, I was very, very excited to watch yeah, it and see. That's super so it cool. A very, very powerful, very powerful movie. But, yeah, Days and Confused, I, I couldn't, which was really funny and I think underrated to me. Matthew McConaughey has, like, some of the best lines ever. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I can put it with Schindler's List. It's a little bit, yeah. It, I love Days and Confused too, and it's a great stoner movie. But I, that's a tough one. It's just they're just different movies. No man, no man, tell you. that's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. 
1992. Okay. Uh, it's clear winner for me are Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. Oof. Seen it probably like 20 times. Really? I, I just the first love... time I saw Reservoir Dogs, True Confession, I actually walked out of the theater. I was too upset. It upset me too much. But then when I kind of got my bearings later in my life, I watched it. Why did it upset you? I'm just curious. Was it oh, the, the violence? Torture, or was it... Yeah, the violence of the torture scene. I think I was having a really bad day and I was with my girlfriend and we were watching it and I, it, was, it was just upsetting me. And I was like, you know what? Is it Michael Madsen's dance? Where yeah, he, when uh... he's dancing and he cuts the ear and it's just. It's... Do you know that he ad-libbed that high, whole scene? That's amazing. So I saw him interviewed about it, and he said that, you know, uh, Tarantino said, yeah, just go. Like, I'm going to play the song, and you just go, and, you know, kind of, uh, you're going to cut his ear, and, and he couldn't figure out how to do it. Wow. So then he was just moving around, listening to the song, and he goes, whatever the song made me do, and I pulled it out of my uh, my boot, whatever, the, the razor, and he goes, I just went with it. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I was just practicing. You know? And Tarantino goes, no, 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 that was it. That's it. That's it. He got it. And wow. it was a, it was a scene, it was a classic a, scene. Oh classic. my God. One of the great movie scenes of all time. So good that I left the theater like a, <laughs> like the pussy I am. <laughs> were, were you high? I was high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you were getting paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. I think I was mad at my girlfriend at the time. Wow. <laughs> that was really exciting. <laughs> I bet you're a big Lee Marvin fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, me too. I love that game. I love that movie. I would I would put Tarantino movies every year if he had one for every year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so 91. So 91, I have Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's on my top 10. I just saw it recently. I watched it with my son. I love watching these movies with your kid for the first time. Yeah. Does it hold up? My, I, my I haven't couldn't... seen it. It holds up. It it's not as scary as I remembered it being. Right. You know, the first time I saw it, I was really scared. You know, some of these movies aren't as scary when you see them again, but that one was not uh, as scary. But it was great. My It scared the crap out of my daughter. She didn't watch it. She, I'm a good dad. I showed it to my 11-year-old daughter. She's like, I'm out. <laughs> She's like, I don't like this. But, my, this but my son made it through. He loves those kinds of movies. Actually, he doesn't. He doesn't usually love scary movies, but he liked that one because it was like psychological. It's it's interesting. Yeah, that one that one's not... It's scary, but man, Anthony Hopkins was just fantastic. I think did he win an Oscar for that. If he didn't, I, he should. If he didn't, then there's there's a crime. Can, and he also, yeah. by the way, just a shout out to Anthony Hopkins, my man. He's in this movie called The Father, which is out right now, which is so incredible. Like, it's oh, actor. I want to see it. Piece is it, of is it good? Yeah, it's yeah. really really interesting movie. Cool movie. Like, it's depressing. A, kind of what happens when you have dementia? Yeah. Oh, he's an amazing composer. So if you don't know, he loves hip hop. I just made that up. <laughs> that uh, would, no, how cool uh, would that be? I, I was gonna say, wow, that's pretty cool. He yeah. loves classical music, and he's no, a, he does. He composed uh, a few uh, pieces. He's a brilliant. That's that's cool. I didn't know that, actually. That's very cool. Yeah. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. And my number one for 1990. Well, I know what that's going to be. Uh, it's Goodfellas. <laughs> yes. Without, without a doubt. I mean, there's I just... nothing that's just... It's the... I don't even need to know what else is on the list in 90 because if it's up against Goodfellas, I mean. There's no, there's nothing even com that comes close anywhere. First of all, it may be my favorite movie of all time. I do love Godfather 1 and 2, so maybe it's right. not. But I just rewatched it with uh, my daughter. Did she, she love it? it? Yeah. Loved Elijah it. loved it. Loved it. 
Goodfellas is incredible. It's, again, it's a movie that it's made so much of an impression in my life. Like I think about that movie all the time. I, I reference it all the time. If somebody says you're funny, it automatically it's yeah, like, like a funny how funny. Yeah, I always I, <laughs> right away. Oh my god, that scene is just the greatest <laughs> thing, the most tense scene that we could do the most tense scenes of all time. And, and it's funny because uh, Scorsese's uh, mom is in it. Plays Joe, Pesci's Joe Pesci's dad? mom. Yeah, Joe no, Pesci's dad. Joe... Joe Pesci's mom. Right, and it's so sad that scene where they're all sitting in the in the. She makes them like. It's dinner. an amazing she, scene yeah. because he borrows the knife to cut the hoof from the deer, and they're all covered in blood. And she's like, "Yeah, all right, whatever, the hoof. Just get some food." And they're all uh, covered in blood. They cut the guy. Oh, oh that's yeah, beautiful. I like this one. The dog, one dog goes one way, and the other dog goes the other way. Well, one is going east, and the other one is going west. So what? And this guy's saying, "What do you want from me?" Guy's got a nice head of white hair. Look how beautiful with the dog. It looks the same. They have... Looks like somebody we know. Me <laughs> <laughs> without the beard? No, it's him. Oh, <laughs> it's him. Holy, <laughs> so that's, I, I became that's so my... obsessed with that movie after I saw it. Um, with the last time I went and, and looked up, um, you know, the guy who that it's all about, the main character. Um, and started watching like interviews with him on 60 Minutes and stuff. Yeah. He was he was on Howard Stern forever. Oh, and really? he was a witness protection program. And he would come on Howard Stern and talk about all his uh, you know stories and all that stuff. So Yeah, uh, Henry Hills, I find him fascinating, but you know, the whole thing is fascinating. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking hey, mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! Let him go. Henry bought his fucking button at the fake There's nothing I would disagree with. I mean, there's certain movies that I just loved in the 90s. Let's see what you are, because I have one, two, three, four honorable mentions that didn't make it that should have made it, but I couldn't fit them in because of another I'm looking at my list if I love them that much to make the actual final final list did you have shawshank redemption on there that's my honorable mention i love shawshank redemption love it so 94 was the year and in 94 i had pulp fiction and natural born killer so i couldn't yeah put shawshank yeah. above god pulp fiction what a good year for there. movies oh yeah amazing year for movies you know, one of the books, movies that I always loved as a comedy so much is Groundhog Day, and that came out in the 90s. Oh, amazing movie. But yeah. I, Groundhog Day is incredible. Fargo came out. I in have the 90s. Fargo, is, uh, but that's 1996. Oh, that's a and, tough uh, one. And, and Fargo, and 96 was a great year for movies, too. Fargo, I love Fargo. I mean, I can't say I love more Casino. I just, that's one that I showed my son. He did not love it. I think he didn't get it, maybe. I can see where it's a little, there's a little, yeah. you know, it's a little small. I thought he would the love it. Scene, you know what's really interesting, and I don't know if your daughter would be into this, but we've been watching some Spike Jones movies and some like, mm -hmm. what's his name, Charlie Kaufman. And mm -hmm. uh, so I we watched Being John Malkovich, which is on my list. I love that oh, movie. Love those, that movie too. And uh, those whole, that whole sort of, genre of movies like adaptation i don't know if adaptation was later but like being john malkovich and like um spotless eternal spotless mind whatever yeah. those are cool movies eternal but being, sunshine of yeah but being john malkovich was the best one and that that one that's such a weird movie i liked watching that again that was pretty cool so that's on my and, list and your son your son liked it yeah he did he thought it was cool he was like i'm, okay. I'm into this he didn't get it he, he he was so smart he's like this movie is so weird because it starts off the main character becomes a different person in the middle of the movie. Like it's, it breaks a lot of conventions. That movie, it's yeah, it's really the the movie is about the, the main protagonist changes in the middle of the movie, and you're like, what the? Yeah. Another movie that I'm going to give a shout out to my daughter because I showed this to my daughter recently, and I really think it's just such a seminal '90s movie. It's an iconic '90s movie, and I do like it a lot. Is Clueless? 
but you might be on a, not on a clueless. <laughs> no, I love clueless, but I could not put it on my top. Well, not 10. top ten, but I do love clueless. I don't know. I, did, I don't because there's like clueless. these comedies that I love from the nineties. Like I loved Election, and I love yeah, the, I love Election too, and I love That's the great. player. I don't know if you remember when the player came out, but that was a huge thing in New York. It was like lines out the door. You couldn't get it, yeah. In ninety five, my other movie for that year was Seven. I love oh, yeah. that movie. Seven's Seven. incredible. And it, it was filmed in Philly, by the way. So shout out to Philly. You know what movie wasn't on this list? It's not my top 10. It may not even be my yeah. top 15, but it was surprisingly not on the list. And it's a very good movie. Is that movie Go? Do you remember Go? Oh, yeah. I love Go. How come amazing. Go is not even on their top 100? Amazing movie. And they're, they have a lot of shitty movies on that list that made yeah. it. Yeah. Like that weird are, that, art house, like Euro movies that were annoying. Movies. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I kind of made me mad. They always try to throw something on there. Like Metropolitan. Well, you, I hated Metropolitan. Yeah, I didn't like that Wild either. But I'll tell you which well, that, was right. uh, that was okay. Was, was, that was pretty good. That wasn't there was a bad one. one movie Metropolitan called, annoyed me. Yeah, I didn't like Metropolitan either. But there was a movie called there is a movie called Buffalo Sixty Six. Mm-hmm. That was I love that movie, even though it got the worst reviews. People hated it uh because it was uh what's his name? Vincent Gallo. It was his movie and Christina Ricci was great and very sexual and all that stuff. But I love that movie. Yeah. I mean they have uh, Wayne's uh, World on this list. I don't know. I love Wayne's World, and my son loved it, but I don't know if I would put that in my favorite movies. I mean, again, I guess maybe I on a hot hundred. Before yeah, Sunrise, come on, horrible movie. I'm sorry, I'm just <laughs> looking at some of their picks here. Make me crazy. But I, I'm surprised about Go. And they have like oh, Life Terminator is Two speed. is a good movie. All right, well, Terminator Two, I would have to put back on my list. The Madonna Truth or Dare. I mean, yeah, I like that it, was that was is really it a movie. Is it yeah. really a movie? Like, you know. I mean, I remember when I watched that. Yeah, they have a brighter summer day. I mean, there's certain movies that I've never even heard of, which is, you know, they just do that to kind of get you annoyed. Yeah. The Long Day Closes. I love The Crying <laughs> Game. Talk about, okay, so that's a movie with a twist. The Crying <laughs> Game is a movie great with, twist. So that is speak. a movie with a, a twist. Sure. <laughs> a large twist. Um, a oh, you know which movie? I forgot. Twist. It should have been on my list too. Kids. I love oh, the movie. Kids, Kids was great. 95 was such an amazing year for movies. So many came out, so it was hard. But that movie, there was a club scene in that movie. They filmed it as called Save the Robots. Yeah, that was a big anymore. New York club. I remember that. Oh, I love that place. Yeah. After After Hour Club. Yeah, very cool place. Working. And Barton Fink, man. Barton Fink. Oh, yeah. I mean, do we my... have... Um... Rushmore should have been on there or... Rushmore is a so Wes Anderson. We I don't know if you've turned your daughter on to Wes Anderson yet. So we, me, my son and I have gone through a lot of Wes Anderson movies. Rushmore was definitely his favorite, but we we also he he likes a lot of them. He loved the one that took place in the camp. All right, should we do? Yes. Should we do? Have you heard? Do you want to go first today? Sure. Setting this up, I was watching a show that I started liking. It's called The Umbrella Academy. So I was watching The Umbrella Academy and I'm like, man, there's some really good songs on there. So I went on Spotify and got this, this whole soundtrack of both seasons. Well, we were talking about country. I thought maybe, maybe this is something that can appeal to both of us uh, when it's country. So let me. Tommy, this one's this. for you. There you go, Tommy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, right. They look, they look acidic. Damn love couldn't go no further. Proud of and disgusted by her. Push on the little bruise that battered. Hold on, I ain't coming on with you. My life's a bit more colder. Damn wife is what I told her. Brass knives chase to my shoulder. I like it. It's kind of got a little Mumford and Son. It's the Dead South. In hell, I'll be in good company. I liked it a lot. I like that kind of thing. It's cool, right? Yeah. And remi- it's country, but I don't even know what type of country it is. Like, we need somebody to come in and, and really school us on this. But that, I really like. It's got That's like good- that folksy country that Mumford and Sons is like popularized again. And I guess so. I don't know what it is. It, it's the kind of music that you have to have a, a mustache if you sing and a kind of a bushy beard. <laughs> Well, those like guys hipster. It's like hipster music. I mean, it I is like hipster it. music, right? Yeah, it's total hipster music. It's it's like that uh, soggy bottom boys from that old brother where are down. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Oh, I'm the man. That one. I'm gonna play you something that I really like. It's a song that comes from the dub days, and it's just really cool. Nairobi Sisters Promised Land dub version. I love it, man. Isn't yeah, it incredible? We, we need to do a show about dub. dub. Oh, I know. We're going to bring my friend Jeremy on and he's going to talk to us about dub music. Yeah, we just got to get at least scratch pair, like all that stuff, man. I love dub. Isn't that the you greatest? Know, they sound like, do you know a band called Boney M? Boney M? I don't think so. Well, you have to turn me on to Boney M. That'll be. To yeah, all well, peeps maybe. out there, listen to Boney M. <laughs> They're like a disco band from Jamaica. No, from uh, Bahamas. They have some remakes and they, they sound similar to that. They have a, a remake of Sunny. Yeah. I think uh, Stevie Wonder remade it too and a bunch of other people. But they have a really interesting version of it. There you go. I'll share that with you at some point. Sorry. I was just enjoying this song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Len, great show. Thank you. Yeah. It was great to talk to you. Everything is personal. Peace. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.